Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Greetings, salutations, and a big hello to all of my listeners, my unlucky lounge rats. Thank you for planeswalking from wherever you came from to join us here for a new episode of Draft and Draft. My name is Corey, your limited lore master, denizen of the Unlucky Lounge, located in historic Montescrew Manor amongst the blind eternities. And joining me as always is our bear-tending friend, the 2-2 that's always there for you on turn two. His name is Borok, my bear buddy. Are you ready for this excitingly interactive and special episode this week? Well, you had best get ready, my friend, because it's coming at us all with a fury, a fervor, and a level of excitement that I haven't felt in quite some time. But before we get to all the fun, a few bits of housekeeping. This podcast, as always, is brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. Check them out, BLEAV.com, or wherever you download your audio goodness for a great slew of shows, certain to keep the midday blues away. And this show is always out there because of you, my listeners, keeping the energy flowing here in the Unlucky Lounge. Thank you for tuning in and help us out. Join us on socials, Draft and Draft Corey on Instagram, Corey Demone Enriquez. Like, rate, share, subscribe, all of those catch words for content creators. Do it with our show. It helps us grow. And if you're having a great time, find us on patreon.com backslash draft and draft put that directly in our url to sign up for some great benefits speaking of which our newest patron animation with gus thank you so much for helping support the unlucky lounge and he is a former guest of the show if a former guest and great friend of mine is going to become a patron you can too and he in fact by joining the second tier has triggered this special event podcast episode. So check us out, join in, help us keep the lights on here in the Unlucky Lounge. Well, that is enough of the housekeeping. The Sorcerer's Broom is put back into the Conjurer's Closet. And as I said, this is a special event episode. It's a bit of a rebirth, a reboot from an episode we did back on Memorial Day where we had a random card quiz but now we're refining it we're refocusing it and we're sending out that interactivity to all of you my listeners with our game show quizzical with listicles the top five game but before we get back to the event hall here in the unlucky lounge we have to have that celebration wherever you are take a celebration maybe it's a drink maybe it's a gatorade maybe it's a cookie maybe it's a hot pocket it don't much mind i want you to get something to celebrate yourself because it is time for the tradition the untapped step no it's good borak you always keep the good stuff on hand my friend enough delaying Let's get back to the event hall. Get this game underway. Friends, welcome to Quizzical with Listicles, our top five game. Oh, yes, thank you, thank you. You're too kind. Boy, I have to say, I haven't felt this much love in a room since I told my mom I was moving out of the house for the first time. She was so excited. 
Oh, stop it. You're making me blush like a princess. Anyway, friends, welcome to Quizzical with Listicles, our top five game. Let's face it, we all love a good power ranking, a top ten, top five list, and it's great clickbait, easy to take in, and quite convenient to put on your Bluetooth headphones while you're working, and make it look like you're interested in whatever your boss is saying, but quite frankly, you're kind of zoning out. Well, here on Draft and Draft, we take our top five lists, and we're going to elevate it one step further. You see, in our different top five lists, we are going to be laying out a series of cards, but we're not going to tell you what those cards are. Instead, we're going to give you hints and clues to see if you, my unlucky lounge rats, can accurately guess what the cards on that top five list are. Now, when we get to each individual card description, you're going to have about three clues, maybe even more if my keen listeners tune in on specific choices in rhetoric and description when we lay out those different clues. Now, the clues themselves can be in a multitude of different fashions. It can be something concrete and factual. It can be prefaced or inside of a story. It could be a set description, what the card looks like, something extrasensory, but your goal is to try and ascertain the correct cards using the clues for each of these descriptions. Pretty simple, right? Use the clues to try and identify the cards that are being hinted at, but this is where we go one step further, where my listeners, you too, can be players in the game show. Using these clues and a link provided to you, you can submit your guesses for what you think my top five list in the episodes category might be. Now, the link for the Google survey is located in the event episode description. It's located on a pinned tweet on Twitter. And you can also obtain that link through a direct message or you can hit me up on Gmail at draftanddraftcory at gmail.com. Now, all the players that correctly identify that top five list, those players will be entered into a raffle to win a Magic Arena code that could be worth up to six packs. But in order to play, you got to jump in and you have to jump in and submit your answers before the end of the week that each individual episode that is Quizzical with Listicles is released. For example, this episode is coming out in the week of October 19th, which means you have to have your submission in by Friday at midnight on the 23rd. Now, the survey sheets will have fixed answers, but all submissions will be reviewed, so even if you misspell or mistype an answer, you'll still be given credit for it, so there's no need to reach out because we make sure to review all those answers manually. The only thing required is an email to play, so if you win, we can reach out to you and get that code to you. Now, my listeners, in the future, you can still play, but the cutoff date is probably over with, but hey, everyone out there, y'all are still winners to me. Yeah, you're right, a little cheesy, but hey, I'm originally from Wisconsin. That's the home of cheese, my friend. Let's get to this week's topic in Quizzical with Listicles. We're talking the top five uncommon limited artifact build-arounds of the Pioneer Era. We're talking from Return to Ravnica to today, my favorite uncommon artifacts that were a lot of fun to play in Limited. Now, when I say build around, I'll define that as cards that 
Maybe they could be played in multiple decks, but more than likely they were best in certain archetypes and enhanced that deck's play. So say for example a card like Icy Manipulator, which is basically good in every single deck that it can fit into, that is not going to be on this list. Same with generically good artifact creatures like say Filigree Familiar. We're looking at really specific cards that slot well into archetypes that help define those limited formats and specific cool synergies. Now, one note to make, we're talking about sets that are specifically playable in Pioneer. So there's no Master sets, no Modern Masters, Ultimate Masters, Modern Horizons, or any supplemental sets in between. Additionally, this list is going to have only one card per set, otherwise we start to make it a specific sets kind of retrospective, and we're trying to avoid that and get a large sense of really cool, uncommon artifact build-arounds. Additionally, this is my list, so it's not necessarily the best of the uncommon artifact build-arounds, but instead ones that really stuck with me over the years. There are the rules, there's today's topic, let's get into the game. Borok, are you ready to begin? Well said, my friend. Let's do this. Top 5 Uncommon Artifact Build-Arounds in Limited from the Pioneer Era. Number 5. When this card first came out, I was in the midst of my first run as Crew Activities Manager on board the cruise ship that I used to work at, and it was good timing because I could kind of set my own break times, and that would allow me more opportunities to watch one of my favorite Marvel Cinematic Universe films over and over again while it was still in the big screen in the cinema theater. That would be Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. I will defend that film as one of the best films in the Marvel canon until the day that I perish, and what does this story have to do with the card itself? Absolutely nothing. I just like to share that tale and give love to Guardians 2. Now this particular build around is really quite a utility knife in that it both allows you to play out your creatures quickly but also rewarded you for doing so by putting your opponents on quite the... what's the word I'm looking for? Oh! A clock! It puts a clock on our opponent. This card was great, a lot of fun, and now that I think about it, the subject of this card is quite reminiscent of one of Captain Hook's iconic antagonists. A great, uncommon artifact build around one of a set of five cards, and to me, this is probably the second best in the cycle, but certainly a personal favorite of mine. Number four. With both a cost reduction and recursion trigger built into this card's game text, this creature loomed over the limited format like a giant, but it's not an actual giant It's in its creature type, but, I mean, it's kind of similar to a giant creature type. Yeah. Small little differences add up to a lot, I suppose. Now, weeks before this card first graced the battlefield, one of my more recent favorite songs released in a movie soundtrack, the songs known as Sunflower by Post Malone, finally made it in the top slot of the Billboard Hot 100 list. Now, you might be thinking, what is the Billboard Hot 100 list? Well, to all of my younger listeners, this is like the classic version of top 
buys, and downloads on iTunes, but I still like to look back at the Billboard Hot 100 because I confidently look at myself and say, you know what? I'm very okay with making this reference. I feel good about myself. Okay, Boomer, whatever. Wait, Black Bloom Rogue, where, where did you come from? Ugh, not gonna let you distract me right now. Okay, your final hint for card number four on my list. I gotta give it up for the development team. Because the symmetry of this card is quite striking, with its printed power, toughness, and converted monocos all being the same. It, you look at it and you just go, ah, it feels good. Unlike, say, a certain mythic legendary demon who is a 7-7 that has an activated ability that makes you pay 7 life, but it costs 8 mana... Cough, cough, Grizzlebrand, cough, cough. Number three. Though this card has not been out for very long, you might say that it has made a real splash in its limited format. Somewhat ironically, if you were to really drop this artifact, it would probably shatter everywhere and its content would splash probably all over your shoes. However, just from looking at it, I really don't want any of whatever's in there to splash on me whatsoever. Now this card, number three, has a similar putting your opponent on a clock effect, uh, very much like card number five on our list. However, the condition to get that clock-like trigger is almost polar opposite to that of card number five, but try not to let this hint drain on you too much. Now, while this is a colorless artifact, it's a great example of a card that does significantly less if you're not putting it into a deck that best suits it. Thus, this powerful artifact that makes massive waves when it hits the battlefield can be something you can get late and potentially you can table because it doesn't just go in any deck. Don't get me wrong, it could go in any deck, it is colorless after all, but I would strongly recommend against just slotting it in your 40 all willy-nilly. Now I'm willing to take a step out there and say this more than likely will be an iconic card in the long term. We will remember it, it will be associated with its limited format, but the odds are we probably won't have as much actual experience playing the proper paper card. It'll not probably make a lot of constructed play. Maybe it'll find its way into certain cubes, but we'll definitely remember it for all that it did in the virtual realm more than it ever will in the paper realm. Number two. This card brings me back to one of my favorite limited memories and limited times playing high stakes magic in a competitive day two field. For my unlucky lounge rats who have listened in for a while now, you will know that I've alluded to this event but have yet to tell that story on air quite yet, but I can still remember the little details of that day, like the massive amount of snow burying in GP Milwaukee 2016. Now, while this set truly did hurt Standard for some time, you gotta separate that 
from the limited format, the unique resource management made for a dynamic draft and sealed experience. Let's talk about this card in particular, number two on my list, with this card having a static ability and an activated ability that costs twice as much as the converted mana cost of the card itself. Learning how to master an uncommon like this was pivotal to success in this block and also kind of emblematic of it at the same time. However, it did not take that much effort to make good on this card because basically it's like a Swiss army knife of utility. It charges, it bounces, it reoccurs your enter the battlefield effect, step on up and see the amazing... Whoa, Whew, thank you Borak, good save, I almost said the name of the card out loud. Also, fun fact, did you know the first word of this card's name is the process in which many teas and coffees are made? Did you know that? I certainly didn't. Not until I started researching for this audio event. The more you know. Last but certainly not least, number one. You see, my unlucky lounge rats, real talk. This card alone is what called for me to establish the one card per set rule. Because when I dug in and looked at all the uncommon limited artifact build arounds in this set, I found at least four that could make it onto this list. All of them in their own right are great cards and do quite a bit to illustrate different deck archetypes in this particular format. However, this one had to make the list. It had to take the prize of number one for me because it hits it out of the ballpark for a multitude of different reasons. The top-down design of this card is a home run and draws me back to my own personal accounts and experiences that have filled my life up for the better part of a decade. What is stunning about this card is that the deck build surrounding this card's effect really wasn't a main set mechanic nor has to do with any particular keywords. It's just an interaction payoff. This means that you could easily table this card if you're in the right color combination and have the right cards to support what this particular number one card is trying to do. And if you built in that way, you saw this card early and you thought to yourself, let's take a chance and table it, that tabled card could be a massive, easy, late pickup and give you a lot of power that can easily overwhelm the battlefield and overtake your opponent in a snap. But in all honesty, my friends, my love for this card is not subtle at all either. Because it makes an appearance in this show every episode. Well, at least almost every episode. Excluding the times I forget to praise this card in my own little tribute. Sorry. You know what, Borok, you're right. Maybe I could use this card a bit more around the Unlucky Lounge. Well, my lucky lounge rats, that brings us to the end of this game. Quizzical with listicles, our top five uncommon artifact build-arounds from limited sets in the Pioneer era. Can you figure out what those five cards are using our hints? The only way to see if you can meet the challenge is for you to play the game. Use that Google Sheet link found in the episode description to take the challenge. You can also find that link on Twitter. It's going to be pinned to my account, Twitter handle Draft and Draft 
Corey. Instagram, you can find me at Corey Demone Enriquez, and you can direct message me in either of those places as well. And if you want to hit me up via direct email, draftanddraftcory at gmail.com, and you will for sure get that list and that survey submission form. And of course, this game is brought to you due to the kind support of our friends at patreon.com backslash draft and draft. The more that you go out there, push love, the more we're going to continue to deliver to you great community building events just like this one here. It was Mark Rosewater who said that magic isn't any one game. It's a series of games. And who's to say that a round of Guess That Magic Card isn't part of that equation as well? I certainly think it is, and I look forward to seeing all of your guesses, your attempts to find these top five uncommon artifact build-arounds from the Pioneer Limited Era. Well, friends, it looks like I've reached the bottom of my drink, and so we've reached the end of another episode. Thank you all for tuning in. Get those answer sheets in. I look forward to seeing everyone compete for those sweet arena codes. My name is Corey, joined alongside Borok, and this is Draft and Draft. Now go out there and make some magical memories of your own. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.